stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So should you be allowed to receive compensation for donating blood plasma? Now, I, I think we need to distinguish between blood donations and blood plasma donations. The latter are used to, to make various uh, pharmaceutical products. And because we don't generate enough of it here in Canada, we have to get it from the United States. And, of course, the United States allows compensation for plasma donation. So here's where Canada's position, and I say Canada's position, but it's, it's kind of muddled across the country. But by and large, this is discouraged in Canada. In fact, Alberta, B.C., other provinces have banned compensation for plasma donations. So that forces us to be more reliant on the United States. And that's where we still get the vast majority of our plasma from, is from the U.S. So think about how illogical that is. We are telling Canadians that we cannot allow you to receive compensation for your plasma donations because that will somehow negatively impact either the plasma supply or the overall blood supply. So instead, we're going to get it from the U.S. where those donors are receiving compensation. So if allowing compensation makes the product dangerous, then why the hell are we buying it from the U.S.? And if we're content to buy it from the U.S., and there's no reason why we shouldn't be content, there's, there's no threat to safety, then why on earth are we banning it here? The Alberta government last year, it was March of last year, when uh, legislation was introduced to ban private for-profit clinics that pay people for plasma donations. BC has done so. Ontario and Quebec have done so. But yet we've got this uh, report out today from an expert panel brought together by Health Canada to examine this issue. And they have found that there is no evidence that medication from the plasma paid donors, paid donors is unsafe or the compensating donors in any way undermines the blood collection system. So what is the basis then for, for all of these bans? And is it possible that these bans are actually counterproductive? Our next guest has uh, been focused on, on this issue for some time. Peter Jaworski uh, is a professor teaching uh, ethics at the business school at Georgetown University. He's co-author of the book Markets Without Limits and one of the founders of the Donations, uh, Donation Ethics Project, uh, bringing together numerous experts to uh, speak out against these bans. Peter, great to have you with us. You're welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rob. Um, so your thoughts, first of all, on, on these uh, findings today from this expert panel. Uh, well, I'm not surprised by the findings. I've been looking at this for a long time now. And they're just repeating what other experts have said. In particular, paid plasma is just as safe as unpaid plasma. <clears throat> Canadian Blood Services have said that repeatedly, uh, despite the fact that some people uh, keep mentioning worries about safety as though they're real. Uh, some of the surprising things in the report include the, the claims about crowding out. I've done some research on the issue in Saskatoon, and it's pretty clear that Canadian Plasma Resources, which is the private for-profit uh, paid plasma uh, company, uh, they opened in February in Saskatoon, and there were some worries that maybe they would take some of the unpaid blood donors from Canadian Blood Services. Now, when I did the research, I found that there's no basis for that claim whatsoever, uh, and the report does reflect uh, that same finding. 
Right. Now, there, there has been. I think there is one in Manitoba, maybe one other clinic somewhere else in Canada that, that has a long-standing relationship with Health Canada, and they've been compensating donors for years, and, and there's not been an issue at all. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, ProMedic in Winnipeg, Manitoba. The other locations are Saskatoon, like I said, and Moncton, New Brunswick. Yeah, and I think that the concern, there's this the company that's in Saskatoon, that maybe they didn't have an established relationship with Health Canada, or maybe they'd be collecting blood, uh, blood plasma that would go out of the country uh, to, to other countries. Uh, maybe we need to address that there, or, or ensure that if we're going to compensate Canadian donors, that product stays here. But there's there's no reason why we should ban it then, right? No, you're exactly right. But this is this is an important issue, and I kind of want to address it. When Canadian Plasma Resources opened their clinic in Saskatoon, they opened with the mission statement that they wanted to ensure greater sufficiency of uh, plasma-derived medicinal products uh, for Canada. And they made an offer to Canadian Blood Services of their plasma at 20% cheaper than what Canadian Blood Services pays for blood plasma from the United States, from paid donors in the United States. Canadian Blood Services rejected that offer. Now, I don't know why, and in fact, no one knows why they rejected that offer. But notice that if they had accepted that offer, then that would have meant that all of the plasma that Canadian Plasma Resources collects in Canada would have stayed in Canada. That's a way to address the issue. I mean, in fact, initially, Canadian Plasma Resources was only licensed by Health Canada. And that meant that the only place where they could have sold uh, their plasma was within Canada. Now, after Canadian Blood Services rejected the offer, Canadian Plasma Resources has gone ahead and gotten licensing in Europe. And that means that now they are permitted to sell into Europe. But that can be fixed easily, right? It can be fixed easily through a contract with Canadian Blood Services. This is a non-issue. Now, this is a federal report, and, and much of the bans that, that we've, we've been discussing have happened at the provincial level, but it still seems as though we've got the process backward, where we've got governments banning this, and then we've got the experts weighing in with their assessment of the evidence. It seems as though it should be the other way around, shouldn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it should be the other way around. And boy, do I wish that British Columbia had waited to get this report. Because I think if they had waited to see this report, they wouldn't have moved ahead with banning paid plasma. I think banning paid plasma, by the way, is an enormous mistake. And I think it's time for Ontario, Alberta, Quebec, and British Columbia to reconsider um, their position on the Voluntary Blood Donations Act. Well, clearly, I mean... Look, if, if there were a valid reason for banning it, uh, I, I think we could all support it. If there was evidence indicating that, look, it, it makes uh, for, for an unsafe supply, it takes away from, from blood donation. It, if, if there were a valid reason, that would be one thing. But it's, it seems more about ideology, doesn't it, Peter, that this is people just aren't comfortable with the idea of compensation for something like this. You know, um, I've looked at some public opinion polls. Uh, the expert panel released two separate public opinion polls. And if it is ideology, it's not the ideology of Canadians. About 60% of Canadians responded to an Ipsos poll saying that uh, they think paying people for plasma donations is morally appropriate. And over 70% of Canadians in a separate poll conducted by Mario Matches and Nicola Lachetera, they're both economists, 
Over 70% of Canadians thought in that separate poll that paying people for plasma donations is morally appropriate, right? So it's not Canadians that are opposed to paying people for plasma donations. They think it's appropriate. It's actually like smaller special interest groups that are very politically active that are pushing these bans in the individual provinces. And, you know, to be honest, they're very successful, and I'm sorry that they're as successful as they are. Well, it's been interesting, too, to see some of the groups that have spoken out against these bans representing Canadians who, who rely on these medications. Uh, and I think they realize that, look, we need to be much more self-sufficient than we are because there are Canadians who rely on these medications. We shouldn't have to be reliant on imports. That if Canada can move in the direction of self-sufficiency, that would make the system more reliable. So it's worth noting that these groups that represent these Canadians who rely on these medications, they're very much supportive of compensation. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, either they're supportive of, of compensation or they're open to either paid or unpaid plasma. They consider the, the real safety issue here, because there's no safety issue with paid plasma. The real safety issue for them is the risk of not having enough plasma-derived medicine. And they know full well that paying people for donating plasma is the only way, as near as we can tell. Uh, across the world, there is no jurisdiction in the world that is self-sufficient in these plasma medicines unless they have a compensatory model. So Germany, Austria, Hungary, and the United States are self-sufficient. They all use a compensatory uh, model. Every other jurisdiction that has banned payment for plasma donations, they buy from the United States. The whole yeah. world depends on United States paid plasma donors, right? And these patient groups see that, and so they're open to either paid or unpaid plasma. They know that it's safe, so for them, it's a matter of indifference whether we pay donors or don't pay donors. What matters is that they have enough medicine to ensure that they can, you know, frankly, in some cases, live. Right. And, and it seems to be everybody's goal. I mean, we, we all seem to agree that we want Canada to be self-sufficient like these other countries. But is it realistic then to think that somehow we can do what no other country has done and become self-sufficient solely with volunteer donation? Uh, we cannot. Quebec banned paid plasma in 1994. They are importing paid plasma from the United States. Ontario banned it in 2014. Ontario continues to import paid plasma from the United States. Alberta banned it last year, as you mentioned uh, at the start of our conversation. They are importing paid plasma from the U.S. British Columbia just banned it last week. They will continue to import paid plasma from the United States. None of these jurisdictions, none of these provinces are going to be the first jurisdictions in the entire world to somehow manage to be self-sufficient without using payments to donors. And what's typical? I mean, what, what are we talking about when we talk about compensation? Uh, we're talking about 35 to $50 per donation. Uh, the way it usually operates in the United States is you get $25 for making your very first donation, and then it ramps up to $50 for your second donation. The same is true for Canadian uh, plasma resources. That's the way that they structure the payment as well. And the reason why is because they can't use your first donation. Right. Only if you donate a second time can they take your first donation too, and then send both of those out for fractionation. Right. It's one of the numerous safety steps that these clinics take. 
So they pay between $25 to $50. In the United States, you can donate up to twice a week, so you can make about $300 uh, a month donating uh, plasma. In Canada, uh, the regulations stipulate that you can only donate once a week, so you, you can't make quite as much um, there as you can uh, here in the United States. I'm, I'm in the U.S. at the moment. Right, and, and it's something that the body regenerates, so the people who are donating, even if they're donating on a regular basis, they're, they're not putting their own health at risk. Yeah, we do. we don't think at the moment the the Food and Drug Administration uh, administration in the United States thinks it's safe to donate twice a week. In Canada, we do it once a week. Uh, so far, we haven't seen studies that say that there's uh, a risk to the donor, uh, but that's something that we still need to research uh, a bit more. Because there's that, that ethical argument, though, Peter, that I'm sure you've encountered on this and other issues, that, that somehow we're exploiting the poor, that the people who are going to be donating for compensation are being doing so because they're in economic dire straits or something along these lines. Yeah, I find the argument about exploitation to be completely unpersuasive in this specific case. So, for example, it takes about an hour to an hour and a half to donate plasma, and you get paid uh, about like I said, 35 to $50, so you make more than minimum wage. That's, that's one issue. Uh, the other one is uh, a concern about the risk that this presents. Well, we do encourage people to donate plasma without compensation. Uh, there, there is no particular risk, especially when it's done once a week. Um, and, and so I don't see any grounds for exploitation based on undue risk. And then in terms of the the benefits that the donor gets compared with what the company receives, uh, um, donor compensation represents about 30% of the total revenue per liter of blood plasma collected. That's not an unfair distribution of the benefits from that particular exchange. There's no exploitation here. I mean, one one other worry is that anything that people do because they need the money, it isn't exploitation just because, like, for example, if I have an Xbox or something like that, and I'm, I'm desperate for money, I might sell that even though I love, I, I don't actually play on the Xbox, but, but whatever. <laughs> Suppose, supposing that I did, uh, if I were to sell my Xbox because I needed the money, that doesn't mean that I'm exploited. Not everything the poor do because they need money it, is something that counts as exploitation. I mean, the other thing is, like, suppose we remove that option. How are we making the lives of the poor better off by taking away what they see as their best option? Before we came along, they were making, say, $300 a month donating plasma. That's important. That's important. That's an important source of income, especially if you are a poor person. And now we come along and we take it away. We don't replace it with a check for $300. Instead, we just remove that option. How are their lives improved in that case? I I don't understand, Rob. I've never understood that argument. I don't think there's any concern about exploitation when it comes to paid plasma. Well, it's going to be interesting to see the reaction to this report, whether any of these provinces reconsider their bans. Uh, I'm not holding my breath, but but maybe common sense will prevail. In the meantime, more at donationethics.com. Peter, uh, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Rob. I appreciate it very much. All right, take care. Uh, Peter Jaworski uh, teaches at Georgetown University. He's co-author of the book Markets Without Limits, Moral Virtues and Commercial Interest, uh, one of the founders at DonationEthics.com. I'm born that issue there. Uh, our number here, 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. 
So if there's no safety issue in allowing uh, compensation for plasma donations, if it's not undermining or negatively affecting the uh, blood donor system in any way, what is the basis for these bans? And is it hypocritical for Canada to say you cannot, you Canadians cannot be compensated for plasma donation, but those Americans can and we'll buy the product from them and we'll bring it here. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.